Hello, listeners of the cloud. Thank you for joining us again today. Today, we're going to be discussing The Ghost of a Girl Who Never Lived, which you could check out on Orson Scott Card's Intergalactic Medicine Show and Escape Pod, episode 330. Both links will be in the episode description on the website and I believe in the iTunes if you hit the little I for extra information. So we're going to be doing another short fiction story here today and hopefully in the future we'll be doing short fictions in between our novel episodes so that you can get more Nimbus, like double the Nimbus, double twice a month. It'll be so exciting for everyone involved. I'm 100% positive. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about this. If this is working, if it isn't working, you could tweet me at Edward Giordano. You could tweet Tiffany at Tiff Langston, or you could tweet the show at Nimbus Magnifica. You could always email us at NimbusMagnifica at gmail.com. Anyway you want to get reach out to us, I am willing to hear your comments on how to improve the show. And if you're Emily, you could look to your right and just tell me. I hope you enjoy the show, and thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode eight of Nimbus Magnifica. I don't, is it actually episode eight, or am I just saying that? Um, I, I think it's eight. You would, I think it is. I, I'm checking the website right now. I should know this. I really should know these things, but of course, you know. Great. Yeah, I'm prepar- pretty sad that I don't know this either. It is. It's, it's, we're in episode eight. Yay! Episode eight. Can you believe it? We're here. We're almost at ten. Does, do we? Do we get something special for 10? I mean, not only are we almost at 10, but we've also already had a special guest, uh, an author, a guest author interview slash, and he come, came back. Like, we didn't run him off the first time. I know. And, and you know, honestly, we got pretty lucky because he could have been pretty, he could have been pretty salty with our original review, but RS okay. is an awesome guy. He, he's, he really is. He is. And I'm, I was... I'm always thrilled to talk to him. And he's really funny. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I I was talking to Will McIntosh on Twitter a little bit ago, and he said he would do an interview, but I never got that locked down. So maybe I will uh, pursue that some more. Uh, author of Love Minus 80 for those who don't remember. <laughs> but he saw he, he said he your first time. And so you didn't hear Love Minus 80, but you should go back and check it out. That was episode number six. Um, And, and the book is really great. Yeah. the so. Love Minus 80 was awesome. Like for real, awesome. Um, before we before we dive into this episode, have you started Zoo City at all? I have not. I have not. I'm gonna be doing a little bit of traveling for work coming up, and I always do a lot of reading when I travel. So I plan on picking it up and getting started when I do that. I am about like mm, an hour into it because I did it while I was on the treadmill last night. And how's it going? And it's not what I expected at all, but it's awesome. It's, okay. It's oddly most reminiscent of the books that we've done so far of Neuromancer. Oddly. 
was like, I was like, what? Because it, the, um, the main character, Zinzi, she's in, she lives in like this, the slum, and like they're they're called zoos in quotes, and uh, they're like tr- like not treated respected by society, kind of how um how I would compare Gage. Was it Gage? Gage was left outside. The- <laughs> no, Neuromancer was not my best read. I really did try. I really did try. It was good. I liked it, but I don't remember the details as much as I should. That's okay. It's okay. But yeah, I okay. recommend Zoo City's pretty exciting so far. I'm only I'm only an hour in, but I was like, whoa. And things are already happening. I guess I don't want to get too spoilery. Alright. But, but I'm excited well, to discuss the what's that? I'm looking forward to it. Okay. In in the first hour, I love their email scam. That's all I have to say about that. It's like it's like, oh <laughs> I love a good email scam. Especially when it gets pulled off, right? At least it seems like it's going to be at the moment. So, but today we are trying something not exactly new, but maybe a little bit new. I'm hoping in, in between our novel episodes, we will cope, like be able to do short fiction so we can get more content out to you, to our listeners, our loyal, lovely listeners. Because we know you've been waiting with bated breath. I know. Of, of course, they, they like, they're like... I love Nimbus Magnifica. I wish there was more Nimbus Magnifica. Like, that's that's all they think. That's all they think. <laughs> it's it's always funny when I'm at work with Emily and she, and I'm like talking to her and she's like, Ed, be quiet. I'm listening to you right now. Can you please <laughs> be quiet so I can listen to you? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, hey, we've got a loyal listener and I know my mom's out there. Hi, mom. Um, oh, you're, oh, your mom listens to the show? Does she like it? I taught her, I ha- this is her only, the only podcast she's ever, the first podcast she's ever listened to, the only podcast she's ever listened to, and I had to teach her how to use the podcast app on her iPhone, um, and, and how to search to, to, to download the episodes, and how to set it up so that they'll just download automatically. So, um, so every her. time, that must be awesome, right? <laughs> yeah, she, I'm an only child, and so she talks about me a lot like I meet I go home and like meet people and they did say that we feel like we've already known you because your mom talks about you all the time oh that's cute <laughs> so is, is, is your mom reading along at all or is she just like listens no. to the episode no she's <laughs> just listening to my voice apparently that's she can funny. be like hey, you sounded like you were a little sick that on that one episode are you are you feeling okay well um, well mom even if I was sick two weeks ago or whenever it was oh. that we actually recorded it I'm doing fine now thank you that's funny that's really funny delayed reaction yeah by the time i don't i don't think our release schedule is particularly long like i think the latest i've ever taken is like thursday of the like the thursday after the sunday we've recorded like that's the that's like the absolute latest it's ever come out oh no 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 that that wasn't in you that was on her because see what'll happen was she doesn't she didn't like the push notifications, and so she will just like randomly open up the podcast app and go, "Oh, there's a new podcast." And so it might have been like a couple of weeks since the la- since it actually posted because she didn't actually get it. Like she didn't doesn't have any way of knowing that it's there without opening the podcast app. That's funny. That's really funny. She's um, she, it's interesting because she's in some ways very sort of technical. Techno- technologically behind. It was funny because she was a couple of years ago. I'm actually right when the iPhone 4S came out. She came to visit me and she was like, "I want to go to the AT&T store." And I said, "All right, what, well, why?" She said, "Because I want to get an iPhone." And I said, "But why?" Like she doesn't text. 
I, was, I didn't understand. She's like, because they're only, if I, if I they're only $49. This was the time you could get the 3GS for $49 because the 4S had just come out. And she's like, because they're only $49. And I said, well, they're always going to be $49. Why don't you go home and you think about it, right? And then you can, you know, really decide that that's something that you want to do. And then, and then, you know, you can do that. She says, no, because you need to teach me how to use it. So I need to buy it while I'm here. And my mother's very interesting. She's, she's, a, she's a lovely lady. Um, she's old enough to have a child who's almost 30. Um, so I won't tell you her age, but just say that she's, she's old enough. Um, she has very long fingernails. And so it's difficult for her to type. And, and so she doesn't text because she can't. And she'll call me and need me to walk her through how to like download an attachment from an email fill in like like this an excel spreadsheet fill in the answers and then like reattach it and send it back there there are a lot of things that she she struggles with being someone who is you know in an era where computers weren't the norm and so mm -hmm. for her to want this phone that does a lot of things that she's never going to use um but she likes to play angry birds and plants versus zombies and um she likes but to be able the, to but you know what it's useful like it really is i don't know like when i'm at the grocery store and i'm like i need something but i'm not sure what i need for a recipe i'll just google the recipe at the grocery oh, store. oh no 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 i i think that the phone is great and and now actually she called me because she said tiffany i upgraded my phone today i went to the best buy and upgraded it all by myself aren't you proud of me um no <laughs> very I definitely think that it's useful for her at the time in which she wanted it, and it was still a few years ago. Um, I didn't understand why, and and even then she didn't really understand why. Um, but now she's getting a, a fair amount of use out of it, and she likes the fact that she can get because she used to like um print out MapQuest directions, both coming and going. Um, so she would have like all of them in a little folder that she keep in her car, and she loves the fact that now she can put the you know the directions into the map, and then it talks to her through her the bluetooth in her car and so she's really excited see about oh god your mom's like like ready she's ready. get her her google glasses we're done we're done <laughs> i told you that i got to play with this didn't i yeah but you never you never told me about it how how was that was it awesome um so we we got sort of in the beta at work um we convinced my boss that um we needed them and they're interesting i'll tell you i'm trying to do that too for the record i suggested it to my boss that we it would be useful. Um, so, and I work in tourism, and so we've been using them to sort of show visitors different tourist attractions in, like, interesting ways. Um, and, and a couple of the videos have turned out really great. A couple of them have been kind of meh. Like, we, we did a video where we gave them to these guys who make beer, because craft beer is becoming a really big thing in Memphis. The problem is, is that when they're making the beer, you don't actually know what they're doing, right? So just because they're, like, you know, stirring dirty water and pouring buckets and stuff, like, it wasn't, like, if, if we It wasn't as flashy as it should have been. Well, not only that, but like if you could say, okay, here we're, you know, I don't know anything about beer making, so this will sound really um, uninformed. But if you said like, you know, <laughs> we're blooming the hops, I don't know what you do, but like then we could, I could have put captions at the bottom or something, right? So then you could at least explain what's going on to the well, people. Ideally, like I imagine it, you would have like seven circles of the of each like uh, visual representations of each step. Uh, and like in a and like, sure, like and, yeah. and and it would pull it down and be like whatever the hopping and the the yeasting and the yeah stuffing. the hopping the fermenting <laughs> the fermenting um, you know I should I feel like I should actually know how to make beer in theory I, have no idea. I feel like I should but I don't my chemistry degree is just so we useful did, we did one video so there's a hotel in Memphis it's called Peabody and it's a very famous very old like very traditional really cool hotel and they have this 
tradition where the Peabody has ducks and the ducks live on the roof in this like small little duck palace with like a marble fountain and stuff. <laughs> and then every day at 11 o'clock a.m., the duck master goes up the elevator, gets the ducks out of their palace, brings them down the elevator, and marches them to the fountain. And they swim in the fountain all day. And then at 5 p.m., the Peabody Duck mar- Master marches them out of the fountain, back up the elevator, and back to their palace. It happens every day at 11 a.m. and 5 p.m., even on holidays, even on weekends, even when it's snowing outside, every day. And um, we gave, it, it's just it's something, it's a thing the Peabody's do. It's a really, I mean, it's a really upscale, very nice hotel. And P, it's that little 10 minute like march is a tourist attraction in and of itself and it's free and kids can and they they march on a red carpet and the kids can like sit up Aww. against the red carpet and it's it's really cute and we gave the google glass to the peabody duck master and he killed it like that video was really really great and he like sort of even positions his hands so they're like right underneath the the, the bottom of the glasses so it looks like you're you know looking at it from his point of view which you are it turned out really really excellent um the thing about i find the controls a little bit finicky right so you started by saying okay glass take a photo or, okay glass take a video and for some reason it didn't understand what i was saying and then you could like tap it to extend the time and then it wouldn't want to i don't know maybe it just it didn't like me i don't know but they were well, kind of I mean, cool i'm sure that i'm sure they're gonna work on calibration stuff i'm yeah. sure of it and i took a fun selfie with it you know i don't take a lot of selfies i don't like to say the word selfie i think it sounds silly um, okay there's a song I- called hashtag shelf shelf selfie by the chainsmokers that's thebomb.com thebomb.com okay i'm gonna i might have to check that out i mean but, uh, it's not it's, actually it's good but i enjoy it <laughs> i'm sorry did what you, you hear about the woman who had like google glass on in san francisco and like at a bar and like people got really upset and stuff why would they get upset then... in san francisco why because they thought she was taking videos of them and like it got like violent and they threw her out of the bar and then there were like bars in san francisco who would like ban people wearing google glass and stuff it, it got kind of nuts i don't know i mean it's like the growing pains of technology it's kind of to be expected like it's going to take a little it's going to take a little bit to where we get to the point where we're all walking around with systems a la love minus 80 but it's technically on the horizon um, yeah, I would like to get to the point where we have a car that drives itself, I'm, so I can like okay. way back while cars driving. Okay, they haven't called it this, but Google has an automobile coming out in like 2016, 2017 that's going to be self-driving. And I know I t- I said that I want I want that it to be called the Google Auto. It's kind of simple, but it explains everything. I guess it's like. <laughs> Like, it's, like, so simple, but it, it says everything. I mean, how do you, like, like, I understand it's not the flashiest name in the world, but the Google Auto is what it should be called when it comes out. I could get behind that. Because, yeah, imagine, imagine, well, you said your r- drive to work is, like, not very long. But imagine if it was longer. And you, did, like, I mean, mine's, how much, like, 30 minutes. Well, could, what, could you use that 30 minutes to read or to do your hair or to eat breakfast or to... Uh, makeup okay, or or I, I don't know read something. The first story that we had today uh, on my way to work. It was you know in that time if my car were driving itself. It's true, so true. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, like autopilot cars are going to be here sooner than later. And as back to the back to what we were discussing about systems and uh, Google glasses. I think these things like the the Love minus eighty system is going to be technically possible for. A l- quite a bit of time before it's socially possible. 
like okay. I'm not saying that like I, I like like it's gonna like it's gonna be actually possible to do it, but we're not gonna like do it. Yeah, I, I think that and as as things get to be more and more technically possible, then people's ideas and con- con- conceptions of privacy and and those kinds of things I think are going to to decrease. You know, your your whether that whether that's right or not. I think that um you know if I have a system and I can you know, like Lorelai have all these people staring at me while I'm having a fight with somebody or, or whatever. And, you know, is that okay for, for you and your hundred followers watching our every move? Do you have to get my permission first to like broadcast parts of my personal life to people, to strangers, you know, all of those things you have to take into consideration. Very true. Very true. And now, now that Emily is going to turn to me and be like, Ed, you spent 16 minutes of this podcast not discussing the story. I am cognizant of this fact. Very cognizant. Okay. Emily, just for you. Just for you. Just for you. We're switching. We're on topic. So on topic. Okay. So today we're going to be discussing The Ghost of the Girl Who Never Lived by Kefri R.M. Carly. Curly? I heard Curly like when they were reading. Because I actually read this first and then I listened to it like audibly. And they called it Curly. They said Kefri Curly. Okay, okay. I, I've, this is a story that I've listened to like at least five or six times, and I listened to one more time today because I'm like, oh yeah, we're recording, so I should probably remind myself why this is my favorite. So this is one of my favorite short stories ever. But what was your take home, Tiffany? Like, did you enjoy it? I really, I really did. You know, there's some sort of aspects of like love minus eighty in a way. I was struck by some of the similarities and. I actually like, I mean, I know we'll get to it in a second, but I actually really liked how it ended and kind of left you in limbo. And I think that was probably one of its sort of strongest points. Um, but I really did enjoy the idea, you know, and there are, what there was a, there was a movie and I can't remember the name of it, but it had Scarlett Johansson and I can't remember who else, but I, th- I think it was called The Island. And it was like, people would make clones of themselves and they would send them to the island. And then when like they, the person gotten, and I never saw the movie either, but then the, the person got sick and they would take the organs from the clone or whatever to fix the original person. And it had some sort of, and there were, there was like, I read, maybe it was Roger Ebert's review. There was a review of, of the movie that talked a little bit about how, you know, clones are people too, right? And like how, well, actually the review talked about how the movie failed at sort of trying to make you feel bad for the clones, but the, I didn't see the movie, so I think it's called The Island. Anyway, and so the concept of this story is very interesting. Not sad, but I think it would have been nice to to know what the who the real Sarah actually was. I don't know how you would get that and still have the ending the way it was, which I really appreciated. But you know the well, you you got you got to know aspects of Sarah through the diary, through the fact that she had uh, aquatic animals, stuffed animals in her room. Like, you got, you, and um, there was, like, a line about how they, uh, she, like, I'm not the Sarah who organized my shoes by color. Like, that that sort of stuff. I mean, like, I I would like to have heard, like, her internal dialogue. Like, me, for her clone, you know, kind of what she's thinking and, 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 you know, trying to prove that she's a real person, I, w- I would have been maybe kind of interesting to have like a little part of like Sarah's 
actual Sarah's subconscious, like trying to fight its way, I don't know, back into the body or something. Like I would have loved to hire some of Sarah's actual like internal dialogue to see if it was really that much different than than the clone, for lack of a better better term. Yeah, well, she never she never has a name because she's like, I'm yeah. not Sarah. And then they're like, well, then who are you? And she's like, that's mean. Don't say that. <laughs> don't say that. I don't know who I am. <laughs> what, when did you first read this story? She said this is one of your favorite short stories. So when were you first introduced to it? A few years ago, like 2012-ish, I was, I was at my grandma's house. And there's like no, like internet is, we don't have internet there. But I do have my phone, and my phone can download things. So I like, like I was like downloading feverishly uh, stuff <laughs> from from Escape Pod to listen to while I was at her house, and podcasts, which are fantastic podcasts, which you should support. But they seem to be doing pretty well now that they have a Patreon monthly subscription thing. And so I was, I was like, listen, I just list, like power listened while I was at my grandma's house, to, like literally ten to twenty episodes in a week or something because i mean what else what else was there to do and this one i was just like this one's so awesome and then i later when i was taking creative writing class i wrote a poem from the perspective of the assistant in the uh, in this story where where the assistant's like well i added things to it but like the assistant was like i like we shouldn't release this person to the to the family because she's not that the person we're trying to create and like she like I know it was it was an at the time I thought it was awesome I was and I was like I'm gonna get into science fiction poetry that's gonna be my thing so yeah I mean there, there's room for it I think technically there's I don't think there is uh, like you don't like when you think of great poets there's no like great science fiction poets and I feel like there's lots of potential in that area absolutely better you than me <laughs> very true maybe I don't know. So, no definitely true I promise. What would you do as the parents, as the and as the as the clone? Like what, like what are you doing in this story? If you're in this situation, like are you even like as the parent? Are you bringing back your your child who died with this so, technology? So I'll tell you my one thing with this. So I understand from the parents' point of view, kind of. All right. So in love minus eighty, right? Bringing someone back is a very extraordinarily expensive procedure right and yes. so let's say hypothetically in this particular story the ghost of a girl who never lived you have the idea that because i don't get from any context clues and i could maybe i miss them that this family was particularly wealthy per se so let's say that they were one of those people who borrowed every dot you know used all their savings mortgage their house borrowed money from everybody that they know to bring this girl back and it didn't work i think you get more empathy because you feel like they made a lot of sacrifice, right? Like now if they were super wealthy and they could just afford to do it, you know, just like that. Not to say that the, the heartbreak is still any less, but I feel felt very little empathy or sympathy for the parents, right? Mainly because it was obviously told from Sarah's second body's point of view, but I really wish that maybe they could have fleshed that out a little bit more. Cause if they're, you know, these parents who are now looking at having to pay back, you know, all of these loans or, or you know, pay off site mortgage in their house or pay back all these people that they borrowed money from because they had to pay for this procedure to bring their daughter back. I feel like you get a little bit, you feel for them a little bit more. Whereas in this respect, the way that I perceive the story 
they kind of just seem heartless and awful. And I don't well, think are, are they heartless? Because I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't see them as heartless. I think I see them as disappointed and angry. Yeah, and I think, th- and, and that's fine, but I don't think they should be angry at the clone. They should be angry at the facility, right? Clone, not the clone's fault that they messed up. But but she represents, but she represents the failure. Sure, sure, and I could I could see that, but it doesn't help matters for the brother to go in and be like, my mom cries because of you. You're you're horrible, and you're you're not Sarah. Whatever, blah blah blah. You know, like it's not gonna it's not gonna make her remember Sarah's memories any better if you're horrible to her, you know? It's she's true. Still a, she's still a child. She's still a 12-year-old child regardless of whether or not she's Sarah. And that should, I think, be respected a little bit more than than I think it ends up being done by everybody who's not the people who work at the facility. Everybody, everybody else is just, they're very much in and about their own particular their things right like the, they want sarah back they want them up you know and you screw you small little girl but you're not who we want you to be and so you know we don't have any time for you it's true i i agree with you but i don't i can't help but feel like the reactions were very real like i feel like no, this, I, I, I would agree with that like i like i was like this is how people would react especially if they spend a lot of money i don't remember the exact line but they implied that the that their house wasn't too fantastic. They like the shabby loft, something like that. Oh, that's and, right. Yeah. And then, and then, um, and then there was a fight with the mother and the father, and she's all like, "Like I wouldn't, like oh, I didn't even want to spend all this money." Like there was like a, there wasn't a lot about that, but it definitely wasn't pocket change. It was some money to do this to them, anyways. Yeah, okay. What I thought was, in- another thing that was interesting was that they said it was a year after she had been gone already that they they paid to bring her back. So that implies to me even... I, I was wondering about that. Like, Well, like, what what does that mean? Like, does that imply that they, that they that they were saving up for this? They're like, we, like, we, like, this is what we need to dedicate our life to is to get Sarah back. And then they get not Sarah. Right. And then I know, I remember there was a, a line that talks about how apparently like Sarah had like a cat scratch on one of her knuckles or something that was gone when the, when the clone wakes up or whatever. And I'm curious as to, did it take them that long to save the money? Did it take them that long to build the clone? Is building a clone a very complicated thing? Obviously the getting the memories into the clone is a complicated thing. That's where they had the error. But See, that's my problem with short stories, is that I just always want just like a little a little bit more information. You know, honestly, I would have loved this scene seen this in novel form, but maybe it's because I like it a lot. Or may, but maybe is it most effective because it's so short? That's a and good like, question. And like like if it was any longer, would you like if if we knew all the answers, would it have worked? Like almost Would it have been any better if all of the questions were, that's, I mean, that's an excellent point. Like, was, was this story, did it work because it was short? And if it was any longer, if anything else was explained, it wouldn't have worked? Very possibly. Very possibly. Uh, yeah, you might be right. Maybe it, it is all the better because of its simplicity and its brevity. I think, I think you might be onto something there. I mean, I'm hoping, I haven't, I'm not like the super biggest guru of short fiction, but I'm hoping that with this exercise in between our novels, that we'll be like, we'll be, we'll become connoisseurs together, right? Because I don't read, I don't read a lot of short fiction. I don't read a lot of in 
anthologies that have like sort of short books in them. I'm more of a, I like to like burrow in and get like story on. And you, so I like I, the I, wheel I, of time. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're more wheel of time and less not that. <laughs> right. And so, but I'm looking forward to this because, you know, this entire, you know, entire podcast is are all things that are generally out of my comfort zone. And I think that th- that's good because I'm learning about sort of new authors and, and new types of stories. And that's great too. But I also think that discussing it from a perspective of someone who's not really like very familiar with the genre, I think is helpful to approach it a well, little bit more. As someone who's read a lot, I feel, oh, well, I mean, I guess, do you, do you notice more similarities or more differences as you're reading these genre books? I'm noticing probably more similarities, I think, actually, because you, especially stuff like Love Minus 80, right? This entire story is based on like the very basis of it is it's kind of like a love story. And I read romance novels. And so there's a lot of that to me. I would consider it more of a love story and less of like a science fiction book. And, but that's because at the crux of what made it go around were people's emotions and people's feelings. But I think that that's what makes any good story that has people have people as characters is that you have to sort of play on, on the feelings and the emotions. And so I think I'm, I'm definitely noticing more similarities as far as how the stories are constructed. They just have science fiction or fantasy trappings and and decorations. And and yeah, it's it's all just decorations. Like um, I was having this debate with several people at work which I I actually don't think Emily was a part of, shockingly, was that, was like, is Star Wars a fantasy story with science fiction setting? Or or is it a, like, the reverse of that? Or is it a fan- fantasy story retold as a science fiction? Or a science fiction with fantasy? Like, which is, which huh. is the greater, which is the greater piece? Yeah. Do you have do you have a take on Star Wars? Is it fantasy or is it sci-fi? Which one is it more? I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say Star Wars is more sci-fi. It, it's more sci-fi, but only because of I would agree with you only because of the setting. But if you look at it, like lightsabers are swords and the Force is magic, and <laughs> and Yoda is Merlin, and Yoda is Merlin. It's and and Princess Leia is a princess that he has to save. Well, man, when you put it like that, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it it's kind of sketchy, but it all comes back to the, the sort of thing that we concluded was genres don't really exist. We just pretend that they do. But even in the pretend world, I'm not sure what it is. No, I could definitely see that, and I think too. I don't think there are very many sort of pure genres anymore, right? Like you could say something was, um, you know, science fiction, or you could say something is a mystery, or you could say something is a thriller, or or you could say something is a romance novel. But I feel like almost every book is going to have aspects of several genres in it, regardless of where it ultimately the majority of it happens. I definitely think that there's, I don't think there's very, very many sort of purely one single drama, single genre works of, of of literature anymore or well, i don't know if they're an, everywhere actually well to go off another example like you have six gun Terra, which is western steampunk fantasy romance a little queer like like it's all the yeah. it's, you could technically say all those things about it agreed 
and uh, like apocalypse, uh, biblical, bi- like uh, uh, Bible fan fiction. I don't know. Bible fan fiction? That's kind of, well, that's like a John Rively, Bible fan fiction. And it has a little bit of that going on in there. All right. Bible fan fiction. You know, you know, you want it. I agree. It does. It straddles many, many lines. And I think if you approach it from someone who's really likes romance novels, you definitely like, I definitely sort of engaged a lot with sort of the romance story. Not that I didn't enjoy most of the rest of the book. But, you know, I definitely identified with things that were similar to what I read on a normal basis. And I think if you're approaching it from where you read more fantasy, then perhaps you identified with the fantastical elements more than some of the other things. Yeah, it's doing. funny because, I don't know, like, like picking books, it's like you have something that you're you have something that you're grounded in. You're like, hypothetically for you, you're like, I know romance. And then this is. This is science fiction that's being built around it. And then, like, other people are like, oh, I know sci-fi settings, but there's this nice love story going on. So I think that's, that's one of the reasons why. So as I've been kind of thinking about, like, the books that I want to talk about on this podcast, I have been, I think, very careful in choosing books that I've actually never read. Right? Because I feel like there are certain books that I read that sort of uh, similar to what we've been talking about, sort of span a lot of different genres. but to me, at the crux, they're a romance novel, but they might have like fantasy or sci-fi elements to them. But I, I don't want to read them for this podcast. One, because a lot of them are very long. I read long books, like I'm talking six, seven, eight hundred pages, and I don't want to do that. A, I don't do that to you guys. But B, if I pick a book that I really like, I'm concerned that I won't be able to have objective discussion about it. Like I've never tried, but I think. Also, too, I'm using this podcast as a way to explore new books. And so bringing in a book that, that I really like, I think, defeats one of my you know purposes in, in joining up and doing this podcast. I feel like if you want to do that once or twice, I mean, I would say you in the future don't take out a book that you like. Because what if like what if I really like it or what if some one of our listeners really like it? You can't. You shouldn't, uh, uh, books should not be, shouldn't not be allowed because you like it. I've been sort of teetering. I've never actually picked a book that I've read before I picked it for this show, but it might happen sooner than later at some point. I really wanted, I really want to talk about Uglies. I really love Uglies and I don't know if everyone else loves it, but it should have been a movie. It should have been as big as the Hunger Games. And the fact that it isn't disappoints me to this day. Well, okay. Now, now I'm curious. I've not, I've not read Uglies. I have read The Hunger Games. Although I saw the first movie first, and then I read all of the books, which I enjoyed the first and second one more than the third one. But it's just because I didn't like how it ended. But not because of the. Never mind. Anyway, not to spoil it in case there are people who haven't read The Hunger Games. So I don't like the way it ends. I'm just leaving it at that. I imagine there might be some things. I I haven't read the third book, but I vaguely know things that happened as a quick as a side note Mockingjay part one and part two for the movie necessary or unnecessary should it just be one movie no no it should be one movie I think that if they were going to break up a book into two movies it should have been Catching Fire way more I agree I agree my friend at KR Embry on Twitter says the exact same thing they're like you should have split up book two not not book three yeah so I, I'm with him. Like the, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, Mockingjay part one and two completely unnecessary. But unnecessary, I, but both I, successful. I, I'm going to watch them for the record. Okay, absolutely. 
But I think a lot of splitting books up into like I don't think The Hobbit needs to be three books either, but or three. But it's a Silmarillion too. It's a Silmarillion as well. No, but sure. First, okay. I think it could have been two really good movies. I thought the first movie was really slow. Like, and I read The Hobbit. I read it first. I had to read it in school, but it's been about fifteen years ago. I read it sometime in middle school or high school. Um, so, but I was, I'm familiar with the story, obviously, but the first movie, oh my God. <sighs> anyway, took too long to get started, but I, I, I haven't seen it. So, it, but, but it, I know they're crazy successful. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. That's, and that's what they made them. They want to make, they want to make their money. Film it all at once, break it up into three movies, make a lot of money, make a billion dollars every movie, sell figurines and stuff like that. I mean, cause the, cause from their perspective, they're like, well, maybe you can make 1.5 million from one movie. Or we can make one billion from each movie. Ding, 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 ding. Right. No, definitely. I and and like I said, you you film you film it once, you get three bangs for your book, and and I get that. Um, but you know, I felt very similarly about the first part of the last Harry Potter movie too. Like I thought. Now, granted, when I watch, I watched all of the Harry Potter movies before I ever started the books, because I knew that once I started the books, I was just going to continue to read them until I was done with them. And I really enjoyed the movies. And so I really wanted to finish all the movies because I tend to like books better, like the book better than the movie. And I didn't want to read the books and taint my enjoyment of the movies. But I really thought that the first part of, of Harry Potter and what was it, the Deathly Hallows was like uber slow. But, you know, that's just me. And it was good. I I enjoyed Deathly Hallows Part One. I enjoyed actually, even though it was unnecessary, I was just really excited for it. So I know, like it's like they're winning, and I know they're winning, and that's and that's all you could do about it. Like they're winning, and and you just accept. You just have to accept yeah. they're winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I like I said, I I enjoyed all the all. I really enjoyed all of the movies, and then I like power read the books. And like I think I read all of them in like two weeks because I knew that's what was gonna happen. I knew that was what was gonna happen. Are you excited for the uh, for the new movies, the new set of movies? No, I don't care. You don't <laughs> care? What? I'm excited. No, I'm, I mean, I will, I'm sure I will, I'm sure I'll watch who, them. Who who's not excited for 1920s American Wizard? Like who's not excited for that? It's a period I'm just, piece. I'm See what's new. Like, how do you? The, I think the, the part that I really enjoyed about Harry Potter was the intricacies of the world building, right? And well, I, th- I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see plenty of world building, but we're gonna see it against a 1920s backdrop, as opposed to the back, the more like 90s ish backdrop that we saw later. And I, I fear that similar to bringing my love of the matrix into reading neuromancer that i'm just going to be making comparisons there's hogwarts and there's everything else it's like it hurts and there's not and there's not exactly well i was always especially in book four i was like i want to know about bobatons i want to know about these other schools Durmstrang. like i can't remember them both yes i can um i i was like I was like, I want to talk about, like, I want to talk about Australian wizards. I want to talk about Indian wizards. I want to talk about, like, I would love for it to get to the stuff, like, maybe if they can, like, seep in some Native American culture into American wizardry and that, like, what distinguishes them from European wizards. Like, there's, like, a okay, great no, potential there. Okay, no, when you that way, that sounds like it might be kind of cool. I mean, there's lots of, there's lots of potential. I don't know if it'll be successful, but I think there's potential. Okay. 
I will, I will, potential. I will seed your point. And like I said, I was not that I wouldn't actually watch them, the movies or, or read the books or whatever, but it would, I have it. I have a deep love for Harry Potter. So they're, I hope that they're good. That's all. That's all I have to say. I, I think it's interesting that JK Rowling's not doing books. She's like, they're not doing it's they're the new, the new set is just going to be movies only. Oh, so, so I don't know. It, it could be fun. Okay. Well, I, I, uh, we've like talked a little bit about the story and a lot about other things, but I hope everyone who's listening enjoyed your like bite-sized mini Nimbus Magnifica. I hope uh, you okay, feel free to review us and I. Interesting fun fact for the end. <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll get to the end in a little bit. Secret. Here's a little secret. We record the ending after the ending sometimes, sometimes before. Yeah. So, so thank you for everyone for listening. Um, you could tweet us at Nimbus Magnifica. You can tweet me at Edward Girano. You could tweet Tiffany at Tiff Langston. Feel free to email us at nimbusmagnifica at gmail.com. And you could review us on iTunes where we have one review, which is very fantastic. And I, mean, I hope you get another. Yeah, there you go. She'll be our second review. She's like, I love Tiffany. She's yeah, awesome. You should. You sound a little sick sometimes. Dude, like, Some... you don't sound. Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay? Are you feeling good? Okay. <laughs> okay. We will talk to you all in a couple of weeks. I believe um, I have the person, uh, Jessica Frey from Rob Has a Podcast, who I'm very excited to have on. Yay! Uh, I believe she's, that she said she'd come on in April 20th is when she's available. So that's probably yeah. when we will be. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. New guest. I'm excited. Rob Has a Podcast is an awesome podcast. There's really... Um, they don't need my promo. Let's just put it that way. I, I'm the one who needs their promo. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need my promo. Okay. Have a nice night, everyone. Bye. So the head bracket's the only thing I have left. So at the end of the day, win or lose. Um, <laughs> if Memphis wins, that's great. I'll just be over NCAA. Like I will just stop caring about my bracket. But if Memphis, if Memphis, if Memphis wins, it'll be awesome because our city really gets behind our basketball. And if they lose, well then my bracket still has a chance for not sucking horribly. But so I guess for me, it's a win-win situation. Yeah, win-win. Anti catch twenty-two. Right. So. So what? what so what's right. the fun I have bit? no idea about the curling results or whatever. Oh, right, who? Kn- no one knows about curling. Ain't nobody know about curling. I hope Canada won. They're they're not, the Ho- Homan's team isn't quite Jennifer Jones, but I like Homan. I've decided I've come around to her 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 playing style, and yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. what was the you're, you're what fun like... anecdote? Huh? What was your um, fun anecdote? All right, so are you familiar with the um, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yes, I am. Okay, so in some way, sometimes when you play, people count television, and sometimes they just count movies, right? Okay, makes sense. Well, if you count television, then I technically have a Kevin Bacon number of 
three. I'm three degrees separated from Kevin Bacon, if you count TV. If you don't count TV, then how, I'm- How so? How so? Okay, so um, back, <laughs> back in 2004, um, the University of Miami hosted um, the presidential debates for the 2004 election. And I was a student at the University of Miami. And in order to sort of like all week long leading up to the debates, there were lots of like things going on. And one of them is that we had a debate where they matched one student, a Republican student, a Republican Senator from the state of Florida and a conservative pro wrestler against a Democrat student and a Democrat um, Florida Senator and, and a liberal pro wrestler. And so I participated in this debate um, on the liberal side. And my partner was Mick Foley, who is a, I think he's retired now, but he was a very big wrestler. And this debate was shown on an episode of WWE Raw, the TV show. Some old lady went to my mom at church and said, oh my gosh, I saw Tiffany last night on WWE. Um, and your mom so, got really concerned. No, she so. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> So I'm connected to Mick Foley um, through our appearance on WWE Raw. And Mick Foley was in Animorph in 2007 with some person whose name I can't pronounce, who was in, in the cut with Kevin Bacon in 2003. So I have a Bacon number of three. Hold on, he was in Animorphs, the television show? No, Animorph, the movie. Oh, there's a movie? Was it good? I don't know, I didn't see it. I don't know either. I didn't know there was a movie. I like the TV show. It kind of creeped me out sometimes, though. But that doesn't mean I didn't like it. Things that <laughs> creep me out, I like. I'm just going to be clear. I'm like but, looking um, it up, Ant. If you don't count TV, then I don't have a Kevin Bacon number because I've never been in a movie. I haven't even been like a, you know, I wasn't even like a, you know, extra in something. So, but if you count TV, I have a Bacon number of three, which makes me awesome. So, was it off the Animorphs, like the, like the alien invasion Animorphs? Um, I'm or, looking it up on IMDb because I don't know. You, you need you need to give uh, me more details. You can't just um, it, it's rated R, so I'm gonna go with no. Um, <laughs> a psychological it. I got all excited. Concept of anamorphosis, a painting technique that manipulates the laws of perspective to create two competing images on a single canvas. I got nothing, but it was starred Willem Dafoe, and um, and apparently Mick Foley was <laughs> somewhere in this movie. There you go. There we go. I'm I'm like looking up in the cut to do this like in reverse. Okay, so in the cut <laughs> and who who do I find in the cut? Um, his I think okay, so I Sharif Pugh, P U G H. I do not see that she she isn't famous enough to be on the. Uh, no, probably not. On the famous short list. Famous enough to be uh. Oh no! The, no, this person is one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh under. If you if you're on IMDb, um, the person is totally listed. They played Cornelius Webb, so I'm gonna guess this is a, a dude, Sharif Sharif Pugh. It's not on the. There's only seven people listed on Wikipedia, so I'm sorry. Oh. But see, I Oracle, Bacon, Oracle of Bacon pulls from IMDb because it's. I mean, yeah, that's the way to do it. You can't, you can't just do it. You have to, you have to IMDb <laughs> it. I'm not so into the uh, actors' names as I should be, but there you go. I know lots of useless actor. That's why people like when we play like team trivia at like bars and stuff. That's the only reason I get invited was because um, 
I know a lot of just like, they'll have questions about like they call it cast party where they name like three actors and you have to name the movie they were that all three of them were in i'm really good at stuff like that at the at the work okay so at the work christmas party they they did stuff about movies and my roommate chris he killed his round he he got all the movies rounds and thankfully when it was my round they they, they got off movies so i'm terrible with movies so when it got to when i was up there they they did like mixed stuff and like there were several geography questions and i was like Got that right. Got that right. U.S. Virgin Islands. What is Georgia? I was like, killing it. Oh, Ireland. I think Ireland was one of the answers. And I would have won, except for, they're like, what? what is the, um, like, what is Dante's uh, peak about? And I was like, or what is, yeah, something like that. And I was like, um, it's about, I like named the mountain name, but I didn't name, I didn't say that it was Volcano when Volcano was the correct answer. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I think I need coffee. <laughs> I don't know why I need coffee, but I think I need coffee. I'm, like, tired. Bulls.